There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Monday, June 27th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, the fallout from the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe continues. We talked to the Archdiocese of Arlington after one of its churches in Reston got vandalized. Spokesman Billy Atwell urges a peaceful dialogue. There is a tension. There are people who disagree with us to the point that they would result to vandalism or violence. And July 4th is a week away. Mike Litteris with the National Park Service walks through changes to the fireworks plan on the National Mall this coming weekend. You know, it's one of these situations where everything old is new again. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. A Catholic church in Reston, Virginia, became a target following the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe versus Wade. Parishioners found a community church defaced by graffiti, and there was also a fire lit on the church grounds. WTOP's Luke Lukert is here to tell us what happened and how churches are navigating a time when the court's decision has pulled, you know, religious institutions into the limelight. So, Luke, where did this happen? Uh, This was in Reston, Virginia, at St. John Newman Catholic Community Church, part of the uh, Diocese of Arlington. And do we know, like, you know, what the motive here was or what... Um, it's pretty clear um, that it had to do with Roe v. Wade. Oh, really? And the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, all the messages were implied. Uh, some of them were pretty explicit. Okay. Obviously, if you followed history, the Catholic Church has always been uh, big opponents of abortion rights. And so what did this vandalism actually look like? There's spray paint. There was some fire? Yeah. So there was four different spots of spray paint right when you— uh, Drive into this church. There's a big sign with the church's name on it. Right below that was a message, and then uh, several messages scattered around uh, the actual building. And this wasn't the only act of vandalism since Roe was overturned on Friday. Just a day later, on Saturday, a church-affiliated crisis pregnancy center in Lynchburg was spray painted with um, this is the quote: "If abortion ain't safe, you ain't safe." So. Of course, right after the Supreme Court issued its decision, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin appealed to a Virginia civility. Um, did the governor respond to the acts of vandalism at all, Luke? Um, he did for uh, that Lynchburg in particular. From what I've uh, seen, he has not responded to what's happened in Reston. But I'm, I'm sure his message would be the, uh, very similar. And he basically said there's just no room for this in Virginia and breaking the law is unacceptable. And honestly, it was it was very similar to what uh, the county board chair said as well. Jeff McKay said that, you know, and uh, he's a Democrat, but he also said there's no room for destruction of property. Mm-hmm. There's no room for vandalism, violence of any sort when discussing politics, essentially, and and getting your message across. And have we heard from police at all whether there have been any arrests in this case? No arrests have been made so far. I, I you know, I, I just actually called Fairfax County right before I walked in here. It seems like there's a decent security footage that they're reviewing. 
But yeah, the investigation is is ongoing. We'll see where it goes. Luke Luker, thanks for telling us about the story. Thanks. We now turn to Billy Atwell. He's spokesman for the Catholic Diocese of Arlington. St. John Newman Catholic Community Church is a part of this diocese. Billy, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. So abortion is a key issue for the Catholic Church, and it's polarizing. Given the leak last month, were you all at the diocese, you know, prepared for this decision to come down? And how did you prepare for it from a security perspective? Yes, that's a great question. So prior to the announcement, we knew that no matter what the decision is, this is going to have a lot of tension. It's going to create a lot of tension in, in society. And so we had reached out to our pastors at our parishes and reminded them to kind of maybe refresh some of the security protocols. A lot of them have a security team that helps identify situations that could be problematic and then help report to law enforcement. The key part of that plan, of every plan that they have at the security level, is uh, local law enforcement involvement and relationship. And so they had already contacted local law enforcement. We had a parish um, vandalized a couple of months ago, so we had already kind of been through this routine even before the announcement was made. And so the pastors were ready to the extent that they can be. Um, And again, that that close collaboration with law enforcement was very helpful in us responding quickly to the situation that happened at St. John Newman Parish. Uh, Luke and I were speaking about this before your interview, but we said, how do you prepare for vandalism? Are we talking about like, I mean, you said working with uh, local law enforcement, but is there something that the parishes can do on their, you know, from a physical standpoint, putting up cameras or was any of that happening as well? Yeah, some of the parishes have cameras. It really depends on the parish because we go all the way from uh, just on the other side of the river from the border of Washington out to Luray, you mm-hmm. know, so it's a, a, a wide spectrum of parishes and mm. uh, abilities, but many do have cameras. And so, you know, want to make sure that those, those are as active as possible and recording properly all the basic you know, technical needs. But additionally, with law enforcement, asking them during certain times to send more patrol cars through the parking lot, just checking and, and, and surveying, making sure everything's okay. Yeah. And just that occasional presence can deter some people that, that, you know, don't want to get caught for obvious reasons. Yeah. And Billy, do you have a sense of kind of where the diocese is at? Are people scared at this point? I've not gotten the sense that people are scared or anything like that, but there is a tension, you know, that we we may be called to, you know, um, pay a price for our faith. There are people who, who disagree with us to the point that they would result to um, vandalism or violence. You know, luckily, this has been extremely, you know, isolated in, in our diocese, but there have been larger situations in, in other dioceses. But no, we're people of hope, we're people of faith, and we know that there will be challenges that come our way. And we trust that Christ will guide us through the good times and the tough times. Because many of us are clear on where the Catholic Church stands on some of these big issues that are coming out, how is the diocese navigating the court decisions that we knew um, Roe versus Wade was going to come down, the religious expression decision um, today, the Supreme Court sided with a football coach up in the Northwest who was leading his players in prayer at the 50-yard line after each game. Some of these things are so closely tied to church teaching. So do you think this is a time where the church should be vocal, or is it a time where you kind of let things happen as they're happening? Well, it varies depending on the case, but in specifically the Dobbs case, because we're dealing with abortion, we, we want to be sensitive because there are a lot of, of victims, you know, that, and, and obviously Catholics, we do not believe in uh, abortion. And so, but there are many women out there who have had abortions. And we work with a lot of women in our ministries who have come to us because they've faced many, you know, emotional and spiritual and even physical scars from abortion and regret it deeply. And so we've walked with those women. We, in our medical clinics, assist women in need who have nowhere else to go. And they've been told all they have is abortion. 
and they find out from us that's not true and we're there to walk with them and help them so this is a time where we try to be compassionate and understanding and yes this is a victory we believe that this goes to the state level where at the state level you know further decisions can be decided there isn't this kind of blockade but we have to be very compassionate and understanding that this is damaging you know they're they're you know, many millions of children who have died from abortion. And at the same time, there are many women who have been hurt from abortion. And then there are people who disagree with us. And we have to manage all of these things. But we have to do it with charity. We have to do it with a sense of peace, with a sense of hope, but also with a sense of strength that we do believe in these teachings. And we believe them to be true, not just for us, but for all people, that all life is sacred and all life should be protected. And getting to that sector of the population, even within the church or either outside, who just, you know, ardently disagree with the church on this issue of abortion. How does the church, you know, speak to them, talk to them, and react to that disagreeance? I I think principally uh, lovingly and understandingly. Try to listen and understand where they're coming from. There's a reason they believe what it is that they believe. But we'd also encourage them to really understand what we believe also. You know, the church has been very consistent in its teachings, especially on the most fundamental issues like life. This is not new for the Catholic Church. And so this this is a a teaching that's been handed down for many, many generations and hundreds of years, even thousands. And so I think listening and genuine dialogue is where a lot of harmony can happen, even if you don't agree in the end. At least you know that you care about each other and that you heard what the other person thinks and why they think it. Definitely an interesting time to be an American, um, and we appreciate you kind of breaking this down for us. Billy Atwell, the spokesman for the Catholic Diocese of Arlington, thank you very much for your time. Not a problem. Anytime. Thank you. After the break, what are you doing for Independence Day next weekend? If you're in town, you'll be happy to learn how things are going back to normal for the 4th. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Gas prices have been going crazy lately, but here at WTOP, we have something that might help. It's called Fuel Your Summer, and it's WTOP's free gas giveaway presented by Astound Broadband. All you have to do is go download the WTOP app, register on the My WTOP page, and enter for your chance to win $100 in gas gift cards per day and the grand prize of free gas for a year up to six grand. During the month of June, fuel up on us. Just download the WTOP app, register, and enter for your chance to win today. Fuel Your Summer is brought to you by Astound Broadband, powered by RCN. Boost your internet with a gig and experience better. Visit astound.com. So check it out as soon as you can. Independence Day is fast approaching, and while most Washingtonians tend to avoid the crowds and watch the fireworks from their favorite spots around the city, for the first time in two years, the National Park Service is putting on the full celebration on the mall. So, of course, we have the fireworks and the parade, but Mike Litterist from the National Park Service says the location for the fireworks this year is different. And, Mike, this change may be familiar to some of us who have lived here for a while, right? You know, it's one of these situations where everything old is new again. Um, This year, the fireworks will be shot off from both sides of the reflecting pool, um, which we did last year. But this year, it's only from the reflecting pool. We had experimented for the last few years with some alternate locations, including West Potomac Park. Um, and this year we're going back to the to the traditional location of firing them off from both sides of the reflecting pool. 
And because the fireworks will again be shot off from near the reflecting pool, is there any area that will now be blocked off where perhaps visitors may have watched the show last year or vice versa? The area north of the reflecting pool in Constitution Gardens, um, the uh, memorial to the 56 signers, Declaration of Independence, that area is closed uh, this year because it's within the fallout zone. Um, but because we're not shooting the fireworks off from West Potomac Park, that entire area will be open. So the area between the Jefferson Memorial, past the FDR Memorial to the Lincoln Memorial, that area is all open this year where it was closed for the last couple of years. And it, people might forget because it's been a few years since we've done this, but the fireworks start at nine o'clock. But there are other events going on this coming weekend as well to celebrate Independence Day. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a full day's worth of events and and a couple of returning events that, uh, that took off a, a couple of years because of COVID. Uh, the day starts with Smithsonian's Folklife Festival. Um, that uh, starts at 11 o'clock in the morning um, and is on the mall in the area between 7th and 12th Street. Uh, the National Independence Day Parade is returning again this year. Uh, kicks off at 11.45 in the morning down Constitution Avenue between 7th and 17th Street. A Capitol Fourth concert returns to the West Lawn of the U.S. Capitol. And after two years of virtual presentations due to COVID-19, the venue on the West Lawn is open to the public again this year mm. um, to enjoy the live broadcast. And then, as you mentioned, what everyone's waiting for all day, the fireworks launching at 9.09 p.m. Got a great 17 and a half minute show. Take us right up to a little before 9.30. And we're going to put you on the spot here, Mike. What is the best or your favorite place to watch the fireworks? Well, yeah, you're gonna put put me on the spot, indeed. Make me make me choose a favorite among all my children uh, on the mall. <laughs> um, you know, there's really not a bad place to to watch um, from the mall. If you're by the Lincoln Memorial, you get a great view of the fireworks with the Washington Monument, and the Capitol in the background. If you're on the other end, if you're at the Capitol, you get just as great a, a view of the fireworks mm-hmm. with the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial in the background. There's plenty of room on the mall. You know, you can, we've got people that show up at 10 o'clock in the morning to choose their favorite spot. We've got people coming out of Metro quarter to nine and having no trouble finding a spot either. But you've got to have some kind of secret hookup, Mike. Have you ever, have you ever <laughs> seen the fireworks like from the top of the Washington Monument or something insane? I mean, you're the park service guy. You can go anywhere. I would love to say I've seen them from the top of the Washington <laughs> Monument. And, and one of these days I will. Um, I did get to watch them from the roof of the Lincoln Memorial a few years ago. Oh, and. Wow. Um, that was pretty spectacular. Amazing. Well, th- those are the perks of the job for being with the National <laughs> Park Service. Mike Litterus, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to it. All right. And before we go, there's a cute, cute story about some ducks in Virginia that we have to <laughs> we have to share. Yes, it was an exclusive story, an exclusive duckling story that happened at Ashburn Elementary in Loudoun County. Yes. And the teacher, Miss Bradenburg, noticed that there were actually 12 eggs in this portion of a school that was like all gated off. Well, I guess I think actually a gardener like first noticed it then told her and she said, how are we going to get these ducklings out? I mean, they can't fly like ducklings. Chicks can't fly. Yeah. And the kids were like, I think it was right before school let out. So the kids were very concerned about what was going to happen to the ducklings. As they should be. And she promised them she would watch and take care of them. This past week, the ducks hatched, the eggs hatched, all 12 of them. And the teacher corralled them through the entire school. There's a video of it on WTOP.com. And it's it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. You can just see, like, all these humans with, like, blankets and stuff, like, just kind of zhuzhing and corralling these little ducklings through school as if they're going to school there. But they made it. They made it out of the school and uh, to a little pond. And they're, and they're free. It's a happy ending to this kind of intense 
you know, times we live in. We thought we'd end with a nice story. WTOP's Neil Augenstein had the exclusive of this. So he tells the story. If you go to WTOP.com, he tells it in a very, like, kind of, like, child storybook way. It's, it's, very a, it's a children's book. Yeah, it's very The web cute. story and, and the audio. It's, it's great. It's a great listen. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And follow us on social media, where we post content every day from behind the scenes. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great Monday night.